brother. Today, we are joined together to discuss the glorious, edgy Conrad Kurtz. And also the night featuring the Night Lords. Featuring the Night Lords, and also the Night Haunter. Yes. Who is a different person than Conrad Kurz, don't forget. Is he? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I read the book, that's not a thing that's made clear. Um, okay, so, we're, we're jumping right into this shit, huh? Okay, yeah. so- Wait, no, before we get started, I feel like we should do this as a preamble now. Okay, go ahead. Uh, GW, in its, yeah. in their infinite wisdom, has sure. decided to- uh, take all the free advertising that's on the internet of people making stuff purely because they like it, and uh, they they just they kidnapped all they kidnapped all the people who would work for them and put all their work behind a paywall, and have uh, brought a horrible, terrible, painful death to everyone else, including yeah. one of the greatest e and most easy ways to get into the Warhammer lore, TTS. I got in Warhammer. I got in Warhammer because of TTS. Yeah, definitely. It definitely helped me yeah. deciding that I, I loved the hobby as, as much as I did. Yeah. Uh, it's legally they can do this. Morally, they shouldn't be doing it. And that's that's the, the tail end of it all. I yeah. mean, it is at the end of the day. It's their property. They can do what they want with it. But, but we, at the same time... as fans, have the legal right to hate it. Yeah. And, I mean, it, the as of this podcast recording... Um, Nothing has changed on uh, GW's standpoint on their the use of their IP, but I mean the financial impact it's having. I mean, I have spoken to Anisius previous, and uh, we've discussed the um, the fact that GW stock is yeah. dropping significantly. It's dropped like seven percent as of the yeah. uh, between announcement and of the recording of this podcast, yeah. which is a significant profit loss. Yes. But GW has a history of kind of being stubborn about this sort of thing. So yeah. it's going to take a l very significant thing. And I think that may is definitely going to happen. Because if you take this incredibly niche thing and you put all fan knowledge of it behind a paywall, that is an easy way to go the way of the dinosaurs. Yes. I mean, you look at other... I mean, if you look at, like, Star Wars... Uh, there have been fan movies made of Star Wars, and Disney has not co-signed them, but, I mean... Disney isn't actively striking them from the Earth. Correct. There's more understanding in the yeah. development of these fan projects. And, I mean, even if even if they weren't monetizing from them, Disney, I, I think Disney uh, put the kibosh on any monetization resulting from the fan projects, but they're still allowing them to be made, yeah. which is in turn helping everybody it's helping star wars communities it's helping yeah. these these content creators yeah what gw is doing is not helpful to anybody but themselves and even that's for, not going to last for very long yeah i mean the whole reason this is all going on is because of the warhammer plus yeah gw is for those of you who don't know gw is launching their own kind of platform for all kind of uh they want netflix movies. They want yeah, they Netflix, want... but exclusively for their niche hobby. Correct. Which I'm a fan you know, of. I, I like I, I, Warhammer, but at the same I, time, yeah. I know it's hard to get people into Warhammer. TTS yeah, helped is. a great deal. Right. TTS, right. like I would show people TTS or like, well, no, just TT, like TTS or Astartes. Yeah, I mean Astartes was a good one because yeah. Astartes was just so fucking amazing. Yeah. 
and then GW decided to poach Astartes and, um, and then intimidate change. TTS off of the platform. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as of right now, uh, the way uh, TTS has been responding is that they are uh, on indefinite hiatus. They are on indefinite hiatus on their own accord. Yeah. GW has not um, re- contacted them specifically and right. said you need you need to knock this off. But I mean. They are yeah being if they're, they're being yeah they're striking down people. It's not right. unreasonable to assume that if TTS were to do something that GW didn't like, that they would do the same. Right, which is not great. Yeah, uh, the fandom is this stuff's gonna happen. We're waiting until they I don't know figure out a way to uh, poach all of the lore hammer YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if we just you know if we start posting on a regular schedule. Uh, you know, send help. Wrong. Send help. Send help because we're we have been kidnapped <laughs> by the GW legal team. Yep. Anyway, <clears throat> moving on from real life, let's talk about um, the grim dark fiction. Yes, where the Night Lords don't make me cry. Yes, <laughs> Conrad Kurz. And also the Night Lords. And also the Night Lords. <laughs> I like how these videos are like, we're going to talk about the whole Legion, and then we just talk about the Primarch for most of it. They're the coolest aspect of the Legion. That is true. They are the most Legionist member of the Legion. Correct, because the Legion is also just them. Yes. Smaller. <laughs> this is true. Okay, so Conrad Kurz is the eighth son of the Emperor. Uh-huh. Um, he is also known as the Night Haunter. Uh-huh. Um, he is the traitor, uh, they eventually became a trade legion, uh, he was the primarch of the Nightlord Legion, uh, he was also edgy space scary Batman, Yes. uh, where if you jaywalked, he would rip your skull out and your spinal cord. Okay, before we talk about that, let's talk about the planet he landed on. Nostromo. Yes. It was space Russia. Yes. And everything complete was with in the mining. Gulag. Complete yes. with, just, it was, it was grim Russian mining town, the planet. Yes. Where Space everyone was cool poor. <laughs> everyone, everyone was poor. And uh, allow me to read you the lexicanum entry of it. The vast majority of the planet's population lived in abject poverty, toiling in the mines while the rich grew in, afflu- grew in affluence, expose- exploiting. I can't read today. Exploiting the already downtrodden workers. Crime ran mostly unchecked, depression was inescapable, and overpopulation was kept in check more by suicide than any other measure. I want you to imagine that. In a horrible, poverty-stricken world, people kill themselves more than they die of, like, various poverty-related deaths. Like, I, mean, I don't they know, don't mine see crashes. The sun. That is true. That there is, is true. no sunlight in Nostromo. That is true. They live inside. We should clarify this. They yeah. live inside Nostromo. Yeah, they don't live really. on the outside of Nostromo. They live in the core of the planet, yeah. which is... Mostly made up of adamantium, which is the stuff yeah. they make spaceships out of. Yep. Does that mean that if, like, because he probably was the first thing ever to bring light onto the planet. Yeah. Like, external light, because his, his uh, baby in. pod crashed yeah. through the planet. Yep. So, he also had no parents, like most um, edgy vigilantes do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bruce Wayne had his parents murdered in front of him, Uh the Night Hunter got kidnapped by evil space entities from his parents. <laughs> yes, and he just kind of was raised by himself. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. So yeah. he crashes into this planet in Nostromo and into, like, the planet's core. Yes. Like, into the magma center of this planet. 
and he has to crawl his way out of the core of this fucking planet, like inch by inch, just crawling with his hands as a newborn baby. And uh, he eventually makes his way up to the planet, uh, to the proper planet, into the, the main city, which is Nostromo Quintus, I believe. Yes. And he uh, has to kill and, you know... He has to kill things to survive. He had, it's kill or be killed on the streets in the Stromo, and yes. he wasn't he wasn't gonna be he wasn't gonna die. Also, it mentions much. feral animals in the yes. vast city of Nostromo Quintus. What is running around like giant rats? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, streets in New York, there are like rats, <laughs> there are dogs, but like forty k rats, irradiated pigeons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Homeless people, <laughs> all um, of which, which must be killed for sustenance. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit, because. Uh, uh, the Night Hunter um, had to straight up eat people. Oh yes, I and he did about that. Yeah, yeah, he straight up just chomped on some dude's arm. Uh, yeah, which was good for the fact that it gave him sustenance. <laughs> it was bad because it made him more more crazy. I mean, um, absolutely it was. <laughs> so even at a young age, um, the Night Hunter uh, saw visions of the future. Mm-hmm. Only it wasn't like. Like, we'll talk about Sanguinius and his uh, abilities of, like, prophecy. Okay. It wasn't like that. The Night Haunter would literally only see, like, the most grim, dark interpretation of the future. So he just had, like, psychic anxiety. All the time. Fourth dimensional anxiety. Just... Yes. I'm just like, look at this person at this bus stop. And then immediately he has a vision of that person at the bus stop, like, stabbing an old woman and then eating her. And then eating her and then blowing up. Yes. Because his the planet is under attack yes. by, like, fucking Tyranids or some shit. And then like, his yeah, immediate exactly. response is, I will stab this person before he stabs this old woman. It is the only way. Yes. So, specifically that. There's a section in, I believe, the Night Hunter book mm-hmm. where he talks about um, uh, this type of, like, vigilante justice he takes on mm-hmm. as this, this Night Hunter, as this space Batman, uh, where he... In order to fix Nostromo, he has to outlaw crime. Right. And I know what that, that sounds really fucking stupid. Of course crime is outlawed. It's fucking crime. It's illegal to commit crimes. Well, no. Because he would just... He would take the most brutal example yeah. of any kind of punishment. So if you, like... If you committed murder, he would kill you. Mm-hmm. But, like, when that didn't fix crime... He continued to do things. So, like, okay, you didn't commit murder, but if you raped a woman, he would kill you. Okay. So that didn't fix crime. Mm-hmm. So, okay, the school, the playground bully pushed the kid off the swing, the kid broke his arm, and then he'd murder the bully. Yes. And then. <laughs> because that bully the, would grow up to murder more people. And then that wouldn't fix crime. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that person's about to commit suicide. He would kill that person because suicide's illegal. Right. That didn't fix crime. Yes, this is Amazon planet. Right. You should mention that. Uh, this planet <laughs> was, like, run by corrupt corporate executives. CEO entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So suicide was, in fact, a crime because it, it was considered to be removing t- um, theft of resources. Right. So and Conrad Kurz... Somehow having access to all of the laws on this, like a a legal textbook fell down a storm drain like Ninja Turtles, and he found it, and so he memorized every single law, and anytime anyone was found 
even like a decimal point out of place from the law, he would kill them and then like turn their bodies into horrible meat tapestries and then display them from the highest building so as to ensure that no one would ever steal a stick of gum from a gas station again. Right, because they got their spinal cord ripped out and then wrapped around their neck and they were hung to death by it. Yes. For some reason, they they didn't die when the spinal cord was ripped out. They yes. They stayed alive for a while. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's a scene, I believe Arch Warhammer talks about it in his analysis of um, Conrad Kersh, where he's holding a man who is attempting suicide. He's mm-hmm. holding him over, like, a building edge. Mm-hmm. And he looked into his eyes and saw a future where this man, you know, climbed down from that edge. Conrad Kersh let him go, and this man would go on to lead a perfectly good life he would raise kids he would have a family he would be a contributing member of society he would never break another law and then he saw a slight slight possibility that this man would go and run a lady over with a car i'm making this up but like this is this is the this is the point he was trying to make yeah he would run a lady over the car hit and run or he would murder a man because he thought he stole something from him Mm -hmm. well conrad kurzden dropped this man off the building because even if there was a slight chance that this man would continue to break the law in the future, he could not take that risk. Right. I have another one. I have one that's similar. That kind yeah. of shows that he's not, like, the fact that his his powers weren't just anxiety. It wasn't just, like, I only see the worst future. It was that he saw multiple futures, but that right. he believed in the worst one, where he was chasing down this kid, Right. And he and when he cornered this kid on like the roof of a building, he saw two futures. One future was where the kid surrenders, the night haunter lets him go, and he goes on this kid goes on to work with the night haunter to effect fix all of Nostromo's problems. In the other future of the other future, the kid tries to stab Conrad, Conrad lets him go. And then that guy becomes the new head of the criminal, right. all the criminal organizations on Astrama because he's the guy who survived the Night Hunter. Yes. Conrad, being a sane and rational individual, believes that the second future is the only real future, stabs the kid, and then finds out that he, the kid was going to surrender because he yeah. had thrown his knife off the building. But he didn't give He him. didn't care. He was just like... Well, he he could have he could have become the Joker, and that would have been bad. Society, that been real bad. yeah, we have lived in this society. Yes, there will there will be several of these jokes throughout this video. Oh God! <laughs> it kills uh, your throat to hear. Yeah. Yep. I have space cancer now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So he uh. He would continue this terror campaign until he was essentially named uh, the king of the planet. Yes. And, and I like the lexicanum mentions that apparently he didn't implement a curfew. It just kind of happened. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't give him any excuse to come. Mothers would threaten children that if they continued to disbehave, the night haunter would come for them. And the night haunter probably did come for some children. <laughs> Most definitely. Like, I'm sorry, little Timmy, but you pushed that little girl on the swings. Now you must die. <laughs> and then he turns him into a giant banner that says, Don't steal, kids. Stealing is bad. Yep. Painted yep. on like a full, folded out skin of a child. <laughs> yep. Okay, we're just going to stop talking about dead kids now. 
Um, it's GW. So after, that's essential. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. After he was named the king of this planet, um, crime rate dropped to 0%. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> eventually the emperor would come and be like, okay, this is interesting. He's like, hello, my son. I have come to free you. Look at us, our shiny golden army. We have visited this place where literally everyone has night vision and nothing else. With our yep. shiny golden armor and our giant space headlights that probably made some people blind. No, they definitely made people blind and that actually happened. Oh, yes. So, the I emperor forgot. does this cool thing uh -huh. where he just sometimes doesn't give a fuck. Yes, I forgot. So, we talk about before, like, the emperor challenging Rust to all these competitions in disguise. Mm -hmm. Or, like, being, like, he's appealing to his sons. Yeah. It's like, Acting in a like interesting way towards or Vulcan. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, and then for some of his sons, he just kind of shows just, up. <laughs> he sort of just shows up, and not in a good way. So the emperor knew that nobody on this planet has ever seen the sun, so he decides to wear his brightest armor and have and all of his dudes wear the brightest armor and have Fulgrim bring his giant fancy like e-girl spotlights so as yep. to engage in maximum blindness so literally dozens and hundreds of individuals were blinded by the arrival of the emperor yes because the emperor doesn't give a fuck <laughs> ever i'd like to think uh, that in that moment, like, a, people literally just die. Their optic nerves overloaded, and they died on the spot. I can Just looking it. at them. I can believe it. Because, again, these people lived in the core. Like, if you look at pictures of Conrad Kurz or, like, any of the famous Night Lords, the, one, uh, the ones who are from that planet, and just in general because of the way con the gene seed works, all have weird eyes because those yeah. are the eyes that... Those are eyes that are, like, adapted for darkness, like a right. zero-light condition. They literally have D&D, &D like, yeah. uh, like low-light They have light permanent vision, dark like... vision. Yeah, exactly. But the thing about dark vision is everything is a flashlight becomes flashbang grenades. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you are at a significant disadvantage for the rest of your life. Yes. <laughs> it's like drow. <laughs> yeah, just like drow. Yes. Um, so, the emperor... Uh, basically walked up to Conrad Kurz and was like, hello, my son. Your name is Conrad Kurz, correct? And then Conrad Kurz said, nope. I am the Night Hunter. Yes. He had... Right, he... The second he tried... When the Emperor finally showed up to the Night Hunter's giant murder palace, um, he looked at the... He looked at all of his brothers who were there, Fulgrim, Ferris Manus... Lorgar and of course Big E himself, and, and immediately oh yes, Dorn was also there, and <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. Um, he immediately tried to claw his eyes out. Immediately he yeah. saw all of them and just he saw all he he basically he read ahead. He read all the Horus Heresy books in the fraction of a second, and yep. then decided nope and wanted to rip his own his giant. He used his giant monster claws to try and tear his eyes out, and the Emperor stopped him. Yeah. And then he looked at them and saw... Wait, Lexicanum says that as they approached, he had a horrible vision. But then as he looked at them, that's when he saw the visions. Does that mean that he saw, like, 
stuff that hasn't happened yet, or is that just a dramatic flair thing? Uh, both. Okay, cool. So he just saw the most horrible thing he could ever see beyond the fates of his brothers, beyond his own death. And that's when they did the Conrad Curse, be at peace, for I've arrived and intend to take you home. Yes. That is not my name, father. I am Night Hunter, and I know full well what you intend for me. Yep. And he was just like, cool. They were just like, yes, excellent, cool. As long as we have that understanding, <laughs> sick, let's go. And then Con- Conrad Curse would take the uh, take the reins of the Eighth Legion. Yes. Let's talk about them for a second, because I want to know what they were before this. Oh, yeah, they were also prison dudes. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, hmm, I wonder what they were before this. I wonder if they were, like, like they were made, set up in the same way as the Primarchs. Nope, they're just night haunters. They're just uh, night lords, but from Earth. Yeah. They were just kind of horrible. They were serial killers, basically. They the were stinking not stinking ancient prisons of Terra. So it's the grim, dark future, and they just kind of built another prison. They, like, built a quadruple-decker prison on top of Riker's Island. And then the guys who live in old Riker's Island are the ones they chose to make night children. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's it. That's that's all of the stuff we get about before Conrad Kerr shows up. Yeah, there's never any really, really good information about them beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, except, like, for the uh, the Dusk Raiders, which became the Death Guard. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... It's not as important. Yeah, it's not as yeah. It's kind of meh. The um, as soon as the Night Hunter took control of the Night Lords, mm-hmm. there was a undeniable downward spiral for them. Yep. Um. So he encouraged that they decorate their armor with um, like skin. the skin People of skin. their enemies. Yes. Yeah. I just want to point I'm, this out. This is going to become a point later when we start talking about famous people. Conrad hated his legion. So much. So much. Angron he, hated everything. He didn't really hate his people any more or any less than he hated right. everyone else. Yeah. But Conrad Kurz genuinely hated his legion because they reminded him of home. Yes, which he also despised. Yes. Because. So much so, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Um. So, the um, the Night Lords got a reputation. Yeah. For not being good dudes. Yeah. So much so that if there was the hinting that the Night Lords entered a system, any rebelling system would surrender immediately. Because <laughs> and that wouldn't save them. It wouldn't save them. And okay, so let's talk about justification now. Sure. So Conrad Kurz thought this actions, these actions of eviscerating entire cities, skinning them alive, literal draping, yes, yes, of like enacting all of the cannibal corpse lyrics were justified. Right, exactly. Yes. So he thought all of this was justified. All these brutal, heinous actions he committed were justified because if he could do this, if he could butcher and put to the sword an entire planet, it would save an entire sector. An entire subsector, an entire region of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by shedding blood now, you save it in the future. Okay. Now, okay, some of that I believe to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, if you if you come at the enemy with such such ferocity, such 
immense hatred and bloodshed mm -hmm. that you convince the rest of the enemy to stand down, I mean, sure, I mean, you're indirectly ending the war early. Mm -hmm. But, like, you didn't have to murder the pets and then <laughs> the children and then... I, you know... You didn't it's have to go that far. It's absolutely necessary to skin the heretic's hamsters. That is an absolutely necessary step. The hamsters yeah. could have been possessed by chaos. Yeah, I mean, Wait. sure. Is Conrad I'm... just a commissar? <laughs> Kinda. We're like, I don't care how many of you have to die as long as the point is made. Many of you will die, but that is a sacrifice I am willing to make. Exactly. So Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, there is very similar ideolo uh, ideology shared yeah. between the Night Haunter and yeah. uh, Imperial Commissars. Yeah. But just political commissars in general. Yeah. Um, so, once Conrad Kurz left on the Great Crusade, uh, there was a bit of a whoopsie on Nostromo. Yeah. Uh, instead of sending Conrad Kurz, like, the, uh, the best and brightest, like the, any other the, Space Marine Legion. The good soldiers, uh, they sent him, like, genuine criminals. Like, <laughs> like literal, like, no, nobody was like, good. I'm just, like, just Borderlands psychos? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, rapists, thieves, murderers. Yeah. And it, Various they would eventually... Space Slav gangs. Yes. Uh, they would eventually um, outnumber the uh, the actual like Terran-born uh, recruits. Right. And there was the Night Lords got a reputation for literally just being the worst rape rapists, murderers, thieves, and power armor. That is true. Yes. Also, why were they not that before? Because they were recruited from Terra's worst quadruple decker Rikers Island, basically. I don't. I don't think anything was as bad as what they were. What what they were to become. Oh, good point. Yes. So, <laughs> the Night Lords. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to mention this bit from here. It compares them to witch hunters, and also yes. it. They would immediate when the Night Lords would show up to a system. They wouldn't just immediately cease all revolution. They would pay any if anyone had any debts to the imperial to any imperial anything immediately those would get paid anything illegal was stopped and they would immediately kill any mutants or heretics proven or otherwise <laughs> just immediately yeah because <laughs> no one no one wants to be subject to uh, an army of Ed Gein supermen yep because that's essentially what they were yeah they were Ed Gein Jeffrey Dahmers <laughs> who just murdered everything <laughs> Um, so much so that the other Primarchs were very, very concerned. <laughs> um, yeah. Except Fulgrim, because Fulgrim saw Conrad Kerr's making art and didn't really question where that leather jacket came from. Yeah, I mean, so, kind of, sort of. Um, Fulgrim was the only one who, like, genuinely cared about Kerr's. That is true. And, um, so much so that Kerr's kind of confided into his, uh, to his brother, like, uh -huh. Fulgrim. Uh, that he was having these really horrible visions, uh -huh. and like, like he saw his own death. He saw that the the Primarchs would engage in civil war, uh -huh. and that the Emperor would would die. Um, 
And so Fulgrim told Dorn. Uh-huh. So, no, we spoke about Dorn already. Uh, Dorn being the sledgehammer of honesty. I like yeah. that metaphor. I'm going to use that metaphor as many times as I can. Uh, yeah. Immediately heard that and was like, cringe, and then tried to kill Conrad on the spot. Yeah, so he confronted Kurz, mm-hmm. and then a couple hours later, somebody... Uh, stumbled upon the accident of Dorn uh, being bleeding uh, and unconscious on the ground and uh, Conrad Kurz was kind of in the corner crying. And that is where the Night Lord theory starts to take shape. Yes. I mean the Night Haunter theory. The Night Haunter. That it is a separate personality from Conrad Kurz. From Conrad Kurz that takes over Mm -hmm. and it's literally like the most... explicit example of bipolar like schizophrenia that has ever existed because it's literally it's not even like like a mood swing or like an alternate personality it's like another person takes over yeah and there's a notable track in the life of Conrad Kurz where this personality kind of just takes over yeah and becomes like the the dominant personality in Conrad, Conrad Kurz's head yeah and it does not help with his mental stability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do tell. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, apparently, Conrad Kurz didn't really hate any of his brothers, except for Korax. Yes, so they were exact opposites. Yes. They were the extension of, of stealth, of hit and run. Sneaky, uh, deaky, stabby with the dark s- Sneaky, beaky, we're going in, boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were exact opposites in ideology. Except Korax had access to, like, hair care stuff. Yeah, well, Korax showered sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so, Corpus Korax, for those of you who don't know, we'll get to him eventually. Um, he is a freedom fighter, essentially. Yeah. He is a rebel, a freedom fighter, and he wants to liberate as many people as possible. Yeah, he was well, raised on a similar prison planet. On Deliverance, yeah, which yeah. was literally a prison planet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, prison mining planet. Yeah. Uh, and Kurz kind of agreed, except... His definition uh, of liberation was much little, different. A little different, yeah. Liberate in that you're going to your god now, sure. You are free. Uh, you don't have to deal with any of the unpleasantries of life anymore. Yeah. You will live out the rest of your days as, like, this piece of upholstery for my giant armchair, which I have mental episodes in. Yep. <laughs> so other we need than to that, talk. Though, we're gonna. Th- oh, we're gonna talk about Conrad Kurz's arts and crafts projects. Oh, we'll get there when we talk about Sengwalsa in the end. Um, <laughs> yep. So, over the course of the Great Crusade, the Night Haunter's personality became more and more prevalent, mm-hmm. uh, and the acts of the Night Haunter of the Night Lords got more and more depraved, and as time went on. Yeah. Uh, and there was a bit, there was a little thing that happened uh, where Conrad Kurz rolled up to Nostromo and just sort of blew it up. <laughs> he just sort of uh, exterminatist his own planet. And every, he had his, all of his dudes just watch. Yeah. Just, he gave like, this place is impure. Like, yeah, pretty it much. Has, it, that has was... it has decayed in my absence. Are, are we coming? Going back to fix it, Pro- Grand Primarch? And he just pushes a button, and then just 
Yep. Poop. And then the planet goes bye-bye. Yep. Chunks and then of all of the dudes who were born on Nostromo, who had families on Nostromo, however attached to them they were, gone. Nothing. Dust. Cease. Uh, so yeah, so that was right at the tail end of the Great Crusade mm-hmm. and into the start of the Horus Heresy. Yep. So... The Horus Heresy kicked off, uh-huh. and the Night Lords were kind of fucking around... Yeah. Um, they didn't do anything. They weren't part of the original Dropsite Massacre. Mm-hmm. Or, no, they were part of the Dropsite Massacre. They, weren't they were like, part of the atrocity yeah. of Isfan 3. Because they didn't uh, have to do any kind of herd calling at all. Right. Yeah, because they were all twisted, sick it's sons just, of bitches. Conrad Kurz just looked at all of his dudes and was just like, None of these guys ever cared about anything. They they just want to kill people, and I give them I will give them more people to kill, and they will follow me for that alone. Pretty much, this yeah, works. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so the dropsite massacre would come up, and uh, the emperor would dispatch um, seven legions to dis- to discipline uh, Horus mm-hmm. and the uh, betraying legions, and mm-hmm. the night lords were uh, part of this accompanying force. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would set up on the um, salamander flank. Of the drop site massacre, mm-hmm. or of the Isfan Five assault, yes. and as soon as that solitary red flare went up, the Night Lords would open fire on their Salamander brethren. Yep. And they kidnapped Vulcan. They kidnapped Vulcan. Uh, yeah. So Vulcan was sort of taken from the battlefield, and everybody was like, "Hey, where the fuck did Vulcan go?" And Conrad Curse is just whistling, walking away, like, oh, "I don't know, guys. That's uh, kind of weird." Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, and, I don't know. Oh, but whatever. It's Vulcan, I don't know. He, he could be doing anything. Anyway, I gotta go now, bye. <laughs> and then we hard cut to Vulcan inside of this horrible infinite nightmare maze that Perturabo made. Yeah, yeah. Where he... Uh, Kurz wanted to break Vulcan's mind. Because as, yeah. he hated Vulcan, because Vulcan cared about people. And Kurz, Kurz did not. Yes, but it is during the, or as I would say, right before the Dropsite Massacre, we get the greatest fucking quote to ever exist, to ever come out of Warhammer 40,000. All right. Sevatar, right. Yago Sevatar, uh, the first captain of the Night Lords, mm-hmm. uh, is in like this big conference room all the reinforcing legions are having. Mm-hmm. And he looks at some, he looks at Argyll Tall, who is a member of the world, uh, the Word Bearers Legion, mm-hmm. and he goes, Death to the false emperor. And then we hear a... All right, he said the thing! He said the thing! (laughs) (laughs) Now, was this in the room, or is this us outside? Because I can... He said that to... He said that to one of Lorgar's dudes. Yeah, So I'm not surprised that Lorgar immediately just... (laughs) Brilliant! Brilliant! That will make that a whole thing! Excellent! Perfect! Perfect! Like, that's everything I ever wanted you to say! Yep. Just Logar just starts crying. <laughs> it's literally the scene of Shia LaBeouf in the movie theater <laughs> clapping at its own movies. Yes! <laughs> uh, but then the Horus Heresy would kick off in earnest. Yes. And the Night Lords would reign terror across the galaxy. Uh, specifically, they would um, really bother the... Um, the oh, Dark Angels. Yes. No, let's talk about and the Thramus campaign first. The no. Thramus, yeah, the Thramus Crusade. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, like like Anissa said, the um, the Ultramarines of McCrag. Kurz yes. personally shows up on McCrag just to mess with Gilliman. Yeah, and well, during this fight, I understand you want to go into lore detail, but there's one very critical point I want to mention. Gilliman's mom just chews him out. And he doesn't immediately try and, like, tear her head off. He just kind of goes away. <laughs> yep. She just yells at him. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. It's just, like, for the first <laughs> time ever, he's getting chastised by, like, something remotely resembling a parental figure. And he has, like, the Batman moment of, like, you just stare, just like, I've never had a mom before. Like, if your mother were here, she'd be ashamed of you. I don't have parents. Well, I'm sure if you did, it's like, I've never had a mom before. And he just runs away and cries. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so the Thromus Crusade happened. Uh, Kurz kind of leads uh, a good portion of his legion against the Dark Angels. Mm -hmm. uh, the, over the course of which, uh, the Night Lords kind of lose and run away. Yeah. Um, but not before Conrad Kurz and his Atramentar, the uh, the personal bodyguard of the, uh, the Primarch, mm -hmm. um, teleport a board um lionel johnson's personal flagship uh -huh. and just sort of kill shit there yes. a lot of shit yes. uh and they get stranded uh -huh. um curse is the only one who survives is this the and point that we talked about back in the dark angels episode yep. originally these two guys just playing yep. hide and seek with giant yes. person-sized knives Yes, for months. <laughs> months. So they're inside the the ruin storm at this point, mm -hmm. and they're hunting each other in like the bowels of the ship, like for months. Mm -hmm. And like it's literally like the line was standing still for like three days straight, so that the curs would like slink past him. The lion would jump out, Curse would see it in his mind before it happened, dunk out of the way, and then run down a corridor, and then it would be that for literally months. Okay. I just want to point out I misquoted the thing about Conrad Curse running away because Tasha Yutin yells at him. Uh, Tasha Yutin stalled for time, and then Vulcan, who had escaped the horrible nightmare maze, came back and beat his ass all across McCrag. Yes, and so he did not foresee Vulcan showing up, right? And because there was left. a lot, there was a lot going on there. Yes, you can't listen to your space anxiety when you got like sixteen different things going on. Yeah, so well, we're we're getting there. Yeah. Um, so the Conrad Con Curse would be aboard this this uh, flagship for months as the uh, the Dark Angels kind of pull up to uh, McCrag, mm -hmm. and um, so fun fact, um, the Lion didn't know if Gilliman was going to betray the Emperor or not. And Gilliman didn't know if the Lion was going to betray the Emperor or not. Um, because Gilliman had his own little empire, and uh, the Lion wanted to be War Master, so they both kind of had reasonable uh, suspicion on each other. Uh -huh. um, so much so that before the Lion went down to the surface of a crag to kind of meet with his brother, he ordered all battle companies of the uh, Dark Angels to be battle-ready. <laughs> to be in drop pods, ready to go. <laughs> and, like... To take this planet from the Ultramarines <laughs> by force, and he didn't give the order to like drop assault or anything. Just but they be were like, ready. They were they were ready, and Conrad Kurz saw this opportunity, and manually ejected all the drop pods <laughs> in the ship before getting in one and landing on the surface. So all of a sudden, 
Gilliman and the lion are having this, this nice conversation about, like, the future of the Emperor or whatever, and all these drop pods come out of the lion's flagship with battle companies in them, like, ready to go. <laughs> and he eventually communicates to Gilliman that this was not actually me, and uh, he orders all the Dark Angel squads to kind of, like, calm the fuck down. Uh, but that's how Kurs got to the surface of the planet. Wow. And previous to this... Vulcan had escaped the the nightmare maze yes. on the nightfall, Conrad Kurz's ship, uh, because uh, Conrad Kurz put Vulcan's hammer at the center of this maze. Yes. And he didn't really know that the hammer was also a teleportation device. <laughs> and Vulcan used it to kind of teleport to the aerial surface of McCrag, into the lower atmosphere, where he then plummeted on his through own. the lower atmosphere and just on his own landed. without... And just landed in the planet. Uh, he died from this, obviously. Yes, but he he, uh, he got better. He got better though, uh, <laughs> but he kind of lost his his mind and was then let loose on the surface of McCrag, trying to hunt down Conrad Kurz. I mean, we can assume that he um, plummeted down headfirst. Yeah, just t posing down headfirst into <laughs> re-entering the atmosphere, and he hit the ground in that exact position. But he got better. We can assume that, like, a couple gears would be locked loo knocked loose, you know? Yeah, exactly. And he would kind of forget who he was and what he was doing, and, yeah. but he knew that he must kill Conrad. Yes. And that's where we kind of cut to him beating the shit of Conrad Kurz over the course of, like, a couple days into the into a forest. Yes. Literally uh, just then, nonstop, web, 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 walking to a yeah, forest. Pretty much. Uh, eventually, Vulcan would kind of stop... Um, and Kurz would then face the lion and mm -hmm. Gilliman at the same time. Yes. Uh, he would, uh, kind of leave, he would separate the two, uh, mm -hmm. because he was actually really fucking smart. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he basically 1v1 the lion, and the lion kind of won, because the lion is amazing and deserves everything. Yes. <laughs> um, but the fight would continue, and Conrad Kurz, um would eventually get the shit kicked out of him and he would make a daring escape off the planet. Mm -hmm. No. And he would... The duel, the fight between... The fight, I just want to point out, John, it mentions John Grammaticus. John Grammaticus yes. is what helps yes. Kurz escape. Yes, that's right. Do we want to talk about John Grammaticus? Yes, go ahead, please. Okay, I know nothing about John Grammaticus. Let me open up the wiki article. He was a psycho. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> Um, That's all I know. <laughs> John Grammaticus was a very special individual. So John Grammaticus was a perpetual. Yes. Uh, who was in the service at this time of an organization called the Cabal. Yes. And the Cabal was a made up of different species. Uh, basically, they were like, they were like the they're like the White Lotus in Avatar: The Last Airbender. Right. Where they were always kind of working in the background to try to kill chaos. Right. To try to stop chaos from consuming everything, and they're the ones who convince. Uh, Alpharius and Omegon to um, join with Horus to save everybody sort of at the end. Right. Um, so John Grammaticus was there. He was sent to McCrag to kill Vulcan. I forget the details, but he was sent to McCrag to right. kill a Primarch. Yes. One of the Primarchs. Yes. I think. I'm scrolling through and, stuff. It doesn't really mention anything. Yeah, no. It's cool. Um, that's all you need to know. John Grammaticus eventually... Oh, no, he oh, was yes. supposed to assassinate Vulcan. Yes. For and some reason. He 
he basically had like a god killing weapon uh -huh. and he used it to stab Kurz <laughs> in the middle of a fight between Vulcan and Kurz, I believe. Yes. And um Kurz like reeled from that and it's how the fight kinda ended, I think. Yes. Um he Oh never mind, that's someone else. Because someone wanted to kill Lorgar. Yes, there was a word bearer uh who did not like the Marek. way Lorgar was leading the Legion. Yeah. He didn't like the way Lorgar was leading the Legion and he was going to kill his own Primarch. Yes. Yeah. Which is was, lame because was... then Con um Corvax doesn't get to kill him. Yeah. Well he hasn't killed him yet, but yes. Yes. But so, yes, that's that's the thread. Yes. Aside over, uh we return back to um, the Night Lords and so at this point, um Oh wait, no. This is way back. This is in the future. I messed up. So at this point, um, Conrad is on. So Conrad is on a ship. I forgot which. Hold on. Let me go back up. He's on the. I'm trying to find the point where he goes to uh, where he's fighting with um, Sanguinius. Oh, okay. So that's on. That's, that's on McCrag. Yeah. Okay. That's, on that's still on McCrag. Yes. So he also. So Sanguinius. Has so fun fact: Sanguinius was named the Emperor of Emperor Secu of Empo the em the Imperium Secundus. Uh, it's a long story. We'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. um, we we talked about it with with Lionel Johnson, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sanguinius was named the Emperor, and uh, Conrad Kurz appears in the throne room while he's on this terror campaign on McCrag. Mm -hmm. And he has a conversation with his brother, and they fight for a couple minutes. Uh, but. The fight would literally last forever because they could both anticipate each other's movements. <laughs> um, but they have a conversation, and is that where, where you were getting at? Yeah, the conversation where yeah. they find out that where he has, for the first time, he talk, Conrad Kurz talks to someone else who has powers of precognition, and then we find out that the main debilitating thing isn't just Conrad Kurz's powers, it's his the way he views the world. Yes. Which is that everything is predestined, everything is absolute, there is nothing you can do to change it. Because Conrad Kurz views multiple futures at the same time, it's just that all of, just that he tends to believe in the worst one. Yep. Where Sanguinius has similar powers, except Sanguinius believes that, you know, we as humans are, we're supposed to be masters of our own destiny, you sh the visions are guidelines, you can make those visions not happen, and then he fights with Conrad... And then Sanguinius basically finds out through the power of, uh, I don't know, Sanguinius hawk boy Mary Sudum, that if he were to fight Conrad Kurz, do some things to convince Conrad Kurz that the visions aren't, don't have, aren't fully reality, he would become worse than Conrad is, and so he decides to not do that. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so they had a, a very good book. I think it's, uh... Ooh, it's in... The Imperium Secundus Arc, obviously. Uh, I forget the exact book it's in. Um, yeah, but it's a it's a good it's a good it's a good scene if you haven't. Uh, yeah, read the it book is a very good scene. Um, so moving on, um, the Night Lords would continue on to conduct this terror campaign. Uh, Conrad Kurz wouldn't really ever reestablish the Legion. It was very fractured at this point. Right. Um, and he just didn't really give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Uh, he knew his death was coming. Yep. Uh, and his death eventually would come on the planet of Sagalsa. Sagalsa? Yes. Uh, I'm where not the going to try and pronounce that. I'm pretty sure it's Sagalsa. Oh, yeah, Sagalsa. Sagalsa. 
Um, and um, so there is a fortress made out of almost entirely human skin, from what I understand. The Screaming Gallery. Yes. And oh, right. It's it time is... to talk about art projects. The Screaming Gallery is alive. Yeah. The Screaming Go Gallery. Ahead. Take it, it away, okay, Penny. This, the Screaming Gallery is made out of still living but horribly flayed people that have been turned into various furniture that are kept alive through horrible chaos nonsense and heretical machines and all that all that jazz and this place is everyone who is in this this giant building is in constant pain the upholstery screams at you the throw pillows were made of people uh that that wonderful table that you're using that's made of coaster that you don't use a coaster on surprise that's like 30 orphans yeah stuff like that and in this temple at this in this fortress at one in one point there was actually a full effigy to the emperor made entirely of still living people that were not that were subjected to the cruelest fate of all and that is listen to conrad kerr's monologue to himself about how unjust his lot in life was. Yup, for on I for fucking ever. For I believe a month. <laughs> yeah. And he just slowly went more and more insane while he was here. Yep. Um he hated his legion at this point. They were all fractured. He, he despised them. Except his for like one dude. <laughs> his only friend was was the first captain Savitar. Yep. And it was just like I hate you the least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and also because Sevatar would be the only one to try and avenge him. Yes, exactly. Um, so, the way back in the day, Conrad Kurz foresaw his own death at the hands of the Emperor. Right. Well, Technically, he wasn't, exact, he wasn't exactly right. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, his death would come at the... Oh, I just broke a pen. His death would come at the hands of a uh, Calidus assassin named M. Shen. Yes. Who was... um. Sort of just allowed to infiltrate yeah. uh, this this palace. Yeah. He was just and like, okay, guys, tonight is the night. I'm going to be killed. Uh, someone's going to try and enter my room. That's absolutely the assassin. Don't do anything. <laughs> and they're all just like, sure, whatever. We don't care. And he's like, I, he's like I hate all of you. <laughs> <laughs> upon the entrance to M. Shen into uh, the Night Hunter's chambers, uh, he calls out to this assassin, who I would imagine is quite startled at the fact that Kurz knows where <laughs> they are. Yes. Uh, but he says out loud, Your presence does not surprise me, assassin. I have known of you ever since your craft entered the eastern fringes. Why did I not have you killed? Because your mission and the act you are about to commit proves the truth of all I have ever said or done. I merely punish those who have wronged, just as your false emperor now seeks to punish me. Death is nothing compared to vindication. That is a cool line. Also, there's an incident way back before the Horus Heresy happens where Conrad has a very, very, a particularly horrible, I'm trying to find the part where it says, um, the Horus Heresy, it's right before the Horus Heresy where he had, oh, that's in Conrad's page. I closed Conrad's page for some reason. Uh, where basically, I'll read the Lexicanum entry in a minute, but it says that during a particularly horrible vision, he kills a just someone there who's there taking notes. Yes. And then that is the thing that that's one of the things that show that he feel that where that's where the that's where the that's where he feel that's what he feels like he needs to be punished for. I'm trying yep. to find it. 
because it mentions a bunch of stuff. Because there's a whole lot of, again, a whole lot of stuff to go through. Blah, blah. Oh, wait. The trial. There was a trial for him. We yes, want to talk about the trial? Uh, go ahead. Take it. All right. So he was so he was put on trial before Sanguinius. And this is where they had one of those talks. Well, yeah, they had so this talk. was after this was after he was uh, uh, incapacitated by John Grammaticus. Yes. So Sanguinius, so Conrad Kurz, among other, so Conrad Kurz divide, so he split, so he, he played head games with them, where he told the lion about, where he told Gulliman about how lion put all his dudes in drop pods and said, be ready in case he tries something. And yeah. then the lion was like, I'm going to kill you for accusing me of, of doing wrong. How dare you? And yeah. Sanguinius talked him out of it. And then Gulliman just straight up broke the lion's sword. <laughs> Yes, he broke the lion sword. Yes. And, uh, saying, so, I, I mentioned this because Conrad Kurz refers to Gilliman as an avenging bean counter, and that is my favorite, yeah, that that's the my favorite line. I an have ever the heard avenging, in my life. He calls, he calls Gilliman the avenging bean counter, and that's so, exclusively why I wanted to mention this. So, it. Gilliman is often referred to as the avenging son. Yes. Uh, the avenging, he avenges himself onto the, the enemies of the emperor. Yes. So when Curse calls him the avenging bean counter, it is literally the greatest fucking insult that has ever existed ever. He just calls him a nerd. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> They're like, Conrad Curse, you are, you are want, you are here for various notable war crimes of which there are so many counts. We don't have time to list them all. And he's like, listen here, you fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> there's a i'm trying yeah. to find the point where vulcan okay here it is um relations with vulcan are even more strained where while the prime where the primarch nearly fighting kurz over the fate of karatan sometime after kurz had a particularly violent vision where he saw the future monstrosity he was destined to become kurz was horrified by this future and was snapped out of his trance he realized he had murdered one of his archivists this was the first known person Kurz killed whom he considered innocent, and it was at this moment that he realized that he himself now deserved punishment. Yes. So this right here is the turning point. It could be considered the big turning point. Right. Because right. he's prior to this, he's killed millions, thousands of people yeah. with his own hands, millions of people at the hands of artillery or at his the hands of his men, all of whom he considered to be wrong in some way. Because in the grim dark world where everything is gray, Kurz viewed everything as black and white, which is the people who are good and the people who need to die. Yeah. And the second he violates his laws, that's where he starts to blue screen, and this could be the exactly. moment that kind of pushes him off his downward spiral. Yep. Well, this and also when Dorn finds out that he's having a nightmare. Oh yes, Fulgrim. So the incident that causes Dorn to snap is when Fulgrim says that tells Dorn. That Conrad had a vision of of everyone fighting everyone else. Yeah. He had a vision of civil war, and yep, then yep. Dorn uh, got mad. How dare you accuse? They are loyal to the emperor just like we are. How could you even say this? And then he was berating Conrad, and he probably smacked Conrad up. And then Conrad snapped, tried to kill Dorn, left, and blew up Nostromo in the span of a couple of weeks. Yeah. So those that yep. those are those gaps. <laughs> so if, though, if there are gaps in the story, that's what we missed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I missed. Yeah. Uh, so his w signature weapons were obviously the um, giant uh, fuck off Wolverine claws. claws. 
They would get. Can you guess what they're called without looking at anything? The ru the ruin hunters. No, they were called mercy and forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, do not worry. Like, do not worry. You have in fact paid your tithe, so you shall be shown mercy. Yeah, oh, and thank forgiveness. you. This is mercy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, so let's talk about notable um, night lords now. Uh, let's start off with uh, Jago Sevatarian. Jago Sevatar. Yes. Yeah. So just called Sevatar. Sevatar. Um, okay. He was the coolest dude. Uh, he yes. was the only one who cared about the Legion entirety. Yes. He was the one fighting to get the Nightfall after Conrad Curse died so that right. he can preserve the Legion. Right. And he was Conrad uh, Curse's only friend. Only friend. He was the only good That, of course, Lord. is vague. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because Conrad Curse hated everyone. Yeah. And uh, he hated... It's more like... It was like, I hate you the least, Jago. And he was like, Thank you. Thank you, Primark. That is high praise. <laughs> it's like, of course it is, you blitheric idiot. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just, that's how they that's how their friendship was. There was another dude by the name of I can't remember. He was called the Painted Duke. I'm going to scroll um, down through Is this heresy or post? Uh, heresy. Okay, painted duke, painted duke, bloodless. Um, his name was very Russian. I don't. Um, Alastor Rusha. No. Scrybok. Scry. Gendor Scrybok. Yes. That's his the name. painted I count. I painted count. I was close. I yeah, promise I didn't look anything up. He was a I demon prince of the Night Lords. Night Lords Legion. So fun fact. Uh, he had. He was a bitch. He was just a pr prissy little bitch. Uh huh. And. He had a demon sword that he found, right. uh, and the demon sword um, gave him immense powers, and he thought that he could challenge Raldoran, uh, one of the most proficient blood angels to ever live. Right. And Raldoran kicked the absolute shit out of Gendor Skyvok. <laughs> um, and because. Scrybok thought, he's like, oh, I got a demon sword. I'll win this no problem. And then mm -hmm. the demon sword was like, you fucking what? Okay. <laughs> and the demon sword stopped working. <laughs> so Scrybok was pretty much flailing around for 15 minutes while Raldoran just gave him, like, left hook, left hook, and just kept punching him and right. slashing at him and literally kicked him over a wall over the, uh, <laughs> the, um, the Imperial Fortress, one of the first walls. Uh -huh. And he was laying bloody in a heap on the ground when the demon who get possessed his sword basically just swallowed him into the warp and kept him there for 10,000 years. <laughs> uh, the the Night Hunters were pretty fragmented. There uh -huh. weren't too many of note. Um, I just want to point out, a lot of these yes. dudes, like, the Painted Count, or, like, you notice in a lot of the details about the Night Hunters and the way they're organized, they're organized like prison, like, like gangs. Yes. Like a like a Sevatar has red like they like the Night Lords have aside from the various um, skin flay, flayed skin t 
tapestries they wear. They also have little details, like in the same way, like a prison gang will have different tattoos identifying who you right. are. Right. Sevatar like, had the had red hands, which yes. was a thing that was tattooed on him that he put on his armor, which is to show that he was a traitor or that he failed. Yeah. Yeah, because he yeah, because his Primarch died. Yeah, because um, Kurz died on his watch, and he felt bad about it. Yeah. And tradition so, said. Fun fact about Sevatar, he's the one who started the fucking bat ears thing. Really? So yeah, that they, was Sevatar. Really? Yeah. Of course it was. And some Night Lords made fun of him for it. <laughs> you mean to tell me that the Night Lords made all the jokes about you're gonna try to fly with those things? <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Like, I wonder with those things, can you hear the enemy coming first? <laughs> like, shut like, up, it's gonna be cool, you guys, I swear. <laughs> shut up, leave me alone. Scrybok literally made a comment like, there's fucking Sabotard his stupid fucking bad ears. <laughs> <laughs> And now, that's just what the Night Lords have by default. <laughs> yep. Because Sevatar was the best one. He was pretty fucking cool. Uh-huh. The signature weapon of the Night Lords, fun fact, was a... Basically like a pole axe. Like a, a pole saw. Oh. Like, like, you know how they're like chain axes and chain swords? Yeah, it was like a, po- well, was imagine, like a polearm like chainsaw. A, yeah, like a spear with a chainsaw at the tip of it. And... <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of frightening, not gonna lie. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, imagine, like, I wonder if that exists for the sole purpose of, like, somebody making a model of just, like, a night lord with, like, a giant six-person long people kebab. Yeah, pretty much, yep. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted, I feel like as long as we're doing important dudes, I want to talk about, uh, Mulcarian, one of the, th- one of the coolest characters in the- Oh, the war the- sage? Yes. One of yeah. my favorite dudes, because I in the Night Lord's book, which I haven't finished yet. Uh, so, Malkarian was so Malkarian killed the Swordmaster Captain of the White Scars, a Paladin of the Imperial Fists, and Raguel, the Captain of the Blood Angels, in a single day. Yep. <laughs> but then immediately the after that, he was monster. killed. <laughs> he was killed, and they put him in his uh, magical death coffin. Yeah. Yeah. And so, on his giant robot sarcophagus, there's a picture of him curb-stomping, like, he's <laughs> sta- he's curb-stomping a Blood Angel's helmet and then holding the other two helmets in his hands. That's and fucking amazing. It is, yeah, that's why I love this dude. Like, he wasn't in the book for that long, because he, this, in the Night Lord's book, he dies, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, di- like, as the Dreadnought. Yeah, he's been around... Yeah, he's, he's not been around, around for since long, the fucking heresy. But yeah. when he is around, it is awesome. Yeah. Also, um, as long as we're here, Talos. <laughs> Talos oh, yeah, yeah. Valkyron. The man yeah. who was too edgy for chaos. Yes. He was the yes. one who killed M. Shin. Yes, as a uh, redeeming thing. Yeah. I think. He, like... Um, Sevatar died, and so he went down. He's the one who killed Emshen, even though, um, technically this disobeys Conrad's last orders. But because right. Conrad was so edgy and awesome, he did it anyway. Yeah. And so that that was when he became the soul. That's why he was the soul hunter. Conrad gave him yes. the nickname of Soul Hunter. 
And that's the name of the book. Look at that. Yeah. One soul. You will... I gotta read this in the voice. <clears throat> Prepare your ears. One soul. You will hunt one shining soul while all others turn their backs on vengeance. And that's that's the extent of Con that's the extent of Talos both beyond the books. Yep. He goes, he fights the exalted, a uh, bunch of stuff happens. You know, whatnot. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's my other list. than that, there's not much um Okay. What's a not hold on. Are these the Raptor the Chiroptera? Yeah, that's the Chiroptera were the um the main uh captains, I think. Ah. Uh, so they're just leaning the, uh, really hard into the bat thing. Yes, very, very hard. We the joke bat about thing. the Batman thing, but Conrad Kurz literally had the Avenged Sevenfold band logo on his chest. Yeah. And then yeah. Jago and then Iago Savitar with his his bat his um E girl <laughs> bat headphones. And then <laughs> <laughs> then from there Oh, I want to mention this, because I feel like no one talks about this part of the Night Lords. They literally scream as a weapon. Yes. They're yes. all, either all have the same kind of sonic weapon as Eidolon, where they right, scream at much. stuff, and it stops working, and people die. Yeah. It's just a thing that all of their suits come with. Yeah, they they uh, they uh, amplify Vox output. Yes. And they use it, and they, they uh... They kind of concentrate. Yeah, they yell at stuff, and then stuff dies. <laughs> yup. All right. So blah blah blah. Jeans. Okay. So the, so some of the Night Lords, because of Conrad, all have Conrad Kurz's anxiety flashback powers. Some of them. Some of very them. Few. Some of them. Not a lot of them, but the most notable one being Soul Hunter. Yes. Who, yeah, very very little yeah. uh, warp manipulation. These were this was a very good example of uh, chaos space marines who were not chaotic in yeah. nature. I mean, certain, certainly some of them were, but they weren't like fanatical zealots. They were chaos undivided in yeah. the way that Perturabo uh, Perturabo was, uh, but not even to that extent because Kurz did not uh, yeah. send. Kurz didn't believe in chaos. Ka like Perturabo believed in chaos as a tool. Right. Um, Kurz doesn't care. He just doesn't give a fuck. And he's not alive long enough to give a fuck. Yeah. Um, they are misotheists, where they don't really yes, believe exactly. in gods as a whole. Right. Some of them do. Some of them get Some of them get absolutely ridiculous with it. Right. Uh, a lot of them don't. Most of them don't. Because chaos don't. doesn't really give them what they want a lot of the yeah. time. Like Talos. they can do it on their own. Yeah. Because Talos... Talos in particular, I always kind of found funny where he just kind of, he has a vision where all four of the chaos gods show up to him and he's just like, fuck y'all, you're not cool enough. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> he's like, I, you don't understand. And like Lincoln Park slowly starts playing at the background. I'm too edgy for chaos. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's very, very funny. If there was like a chaos god of terror... That would work yes. because none of the chaos gods really fit into the philosophy of the night lords, right? Which is just kind of death metal so sadism. They, so they made their own. Yeah. Conrad Kurz, <laughs> the chaos god of death metal and angst. Yep. And I think that's just about it. Yep. Closing thoughts. Uh, Conrad Kurz was a really sick and twisted individual who yep. suffered from very, very 
significant mental illness. Uh-huh. And the fact that he was put in charge of a bunch of also clinically insane individuals did not help his mental state. Mm-hmm. He is a tragic villain and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. I just want to point out before I give my final thoughts. Uh, in the future, they just straight up kidnap babies. Yes. Which is funny. Like eat yes. all. It's the continuation of Conrad Kurz's legend. Eat up, eat up, little Timmy, or the Night Lords will come and they'll take you away and then they'll subject you to horrible, terrible things and then they'll make you one of them and then you'll have to kidnap other little children. Yep, and then the cycle continues of orphaned children. Yes, we've mentioned a lot of dead kids in this we, episode. We're going to stop talking about dead kids now. Okay, cool. Um, final thoughts from me. Um, the Night Lord, I like my paladin, like, you know, the paladin analogy that we've been yes, going yep. through. In that, in that vein, these are kind of paladins of evil. <laughs> yes. Like they other, are like th- they're death dudes. knights. Yeah, other guy like the other like the chaos gods were like the cha- they're paladins of a chaos god or Lorgar's paladin is like Lorgar the Wardbearers are paladin just straight up paladins of chaos as a whole. These guys are paladins of like a paladins of murder hoboing. Yep. Th- there is no god to pray to. There is only violence for violence's sake. Yep. And. uh... The Night Lords were... They started out horrible. And then, due to the fact that... Due to, you know, corruption. The corruption that was very prevalent in the worlds which they were from. They became progressively more horrible. Yeah, they just didn't get better. Yeah. Also, if all the other Primarchs are representative of the of this element of the Emperor. What is Conrad? Justice. Good point, yeah. He's the Emperor's Justice. It's Conrad is justice in, term- undeniably uninterpreted justice. Yep. Just by the book Lawful Evil. Yep. And just remember, kids, death is nothing compared to vindication. <laughs> and remember, eat your vegetables or the or night Conrad hunter will Kurtz, come and get you. <laughs> he will rip out your spine. <laughs> Okay, with that, next time I think it's uh, Ferris Manus, number 10. Oh man, that was going to be even shorter than this one. Ferris, well, this was one of the longer episodes we've ever had, to be completely honest. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, Ferris <laughs> Manus is number... 7. Tell, tell me. <laughs> nope, 7 was Thorn. Ferris Manus, 9. Number... Why can't I do math? 10. 10. Excellent, thank you. Why kid? I need to just have a list of these dudes. I do somewhere, I just don't remember where I keep it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, with that. Join us whenever we upload again. It'll be sometime, probably. We can't say next week at this point. Because it's not going to be next week. <laughs> okay, everybody, have a good day, night, drive to work, drive home, wherever you listen from. And we'll see you next time. Ave Imperator. Ave Imperator.